0: The warmest of festive greetings to you, and welcome to Merrily Ever Teaching! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> this is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in a knowledge-rich curriculum using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I'm storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today
1: is... Hi, I'm Rob. I work in a small village school just in Buckinghamshire. I currently teach Key Stage 2, but have worked with all-year groups up to Year 6.
2: Hi, I'm Toria, and I'm a Year 4 teacher at a large junior school on the south coast of England. I'm also the host of the Tiny Voices Talks podcast and author of the Tiny Voices Talk book. I'm Caitlin. I'm a year one teacher in a Little Village school at the opposite end of Buckinghamshire. I appeared on Tori's podcast and I'm a contributor to her book. Hi, I'm Nicola and I teach in a school in Southampton. I've taught all year groups and also worked with teachers at teacher training college. Hi, I'm Bex. I have experience teaching across the primary schools all the way from early years to year six. I've also been a deputy head and I also train trainee teachers.
0: And today we are exploring what science we can teach with a Christmas folktale from Mexico. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website epictales.co.uk for The Forbidden Christmas. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator, as of December 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback brightly illustrated by the fabulous Mario Coelho, hopefully in time for Christmas if you're really, really quick. Don't worry if you missed that, though, as you can also order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and Epic Educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app in fact let's take a moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an epic educator so far because by doing so you are also supporting this podcast so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every single week Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Lola Dom Pedro and everybody here. And Bex, you are going to be talking about science with us. I thought we'd include you for the science episode because, of course, you are a horse owner. So I know that you have an extra special interest in this particular story. Have you thought of any animal-related science for us? You know, it's
2: it's not too animal-related actually, which I <gasps> which depressed me because um obviously as you know i love animals and particularly horses and therefore donkeys but there's some great science in there but it's just not all to do with animals i'm afraid lots of the ideas that i picked up as like with most things you can transfer it really easily across the school so if you want to do some whole school christmas projects particularly thinking about i think it was you caitlin that said as our children are coming towards christmas they can concentrate for smaller and smaller periods of time and sometimes the project-based approach is quite good for this time of year so i was thinking about our younger learners So our early years, year one and year two children. I really like the part of the story that one of the things that hit me straight away as I read it the first time through again was about growing vegetables. And I thought it'd be really, really nice to do some growing because um, throughout the Science National Curriculum in Key Stage 1 there's a lot about plants and growing things. And I was just thinking actually that would be really good for our early years children when they have to take care of things and being responsible for different things. And I thought we could grow some vegetables, maybe have a bit of a vegetable growing competition I've got absolutely no idea what vegetables grow at this time of year. You'd have to ask someone... Especially
0: who, not in Mexico. No,
2: especially not in Mexico. <laughs> and maybe you could even make the climate similar to what can we grow here, what could we grow in Mexico, what's the similarities mm. and differences to what foods we would grow at this time of year here and then... In Mexico as well. So I thought that would be a really, really nice project because it would outlast the few weeks that you were probably studying the story so you can then revisit it at a later
0: time. It's also a lovely opportunity to explain why we have Brussels sprouts, for example, as a staple of the Christmas dinner. It's because they tend to be winter vegetables. And maybe you'll, I I don't know whether this would work at all actually, (laughs) because I don't have children of that age myself but I don't know whether that might encourage them to try them if they know that it's a seasonal vegetable
2: I I always think like um, when we take our children away on residential they're like Mm. their parents like they won't eat anything and we're like they'll be so hungry that they won't care what's put in front of them they'll just eat it (laughs) and they always do and I like know my friends who've got children they say whenever they go around someone else's house they're much more willing to try something new so I think it would be a really Mm. good opportunity to maybe cook some Christmas vegetables Maybe say, okay, this is what we would harvest in the UK for Christmas celebrations let's cook some you could then look Mm -hmm. linking into the science of like changing states which may be further up the school but you could cook some of the vegetables if you have forest school the children outside get them actually cooking it on some little fires but yeah so talking about the different vegetables that we could harvest here and there in Mexico and the things that we would need to have brought in as well that would be really great I love a Brussels sprout I know I know that's not not always a popular opinion but I do love them
0: Rob though you were looking a little bit dubious about the idea of kids wanting to eat everything
1: i'm just brussels sprouts
0: <laughs> well actually uh, given bex has, has mentioned changing of states um, one thing you could maybe also try is eating things raw or giving children the opportunity to try things raw because i know when i was that age i really hated cooked mushrooms but i loved raw mushrooms they do taste completely different i think the same is true of brussels sprouts actually because i mean i i like you bex i very much enjoy my brussels at christmas but a few years ago one of the other directors here at epic tales brought some brussels out of his fridge and literally just started tucking in and it's like yeah do do you want to try some they have a very different texture slightly different taste and it it does make it a very different eating experience so it's it's a good chance to i think encourage your children to experiment with food and maybe that way get some more vitamins and minerals inside them than they normally would
2: well i was just thinking when you when you're speaking like actually if you boil a vegetable steam a vegetable or eat it raw their taste is completely different depending on how you actually cook them so you can do a bit of steaming and boiling and eating them raw and obviously Don Pedro wouldn't like a cooked carrot would he? He'd like a raw carrot so maybe eating some raw carrots and finding out which other vegetables animals might eat and then for our younger learners as well I was thinking about the forces involved in the story so like I'm obviously with the bridge being weak and obviously everybody having to heave it reminded me of the enormous turnip story, <laughs> you know, everybody getting involved in heaving. So actually getting some, particularly in early years, I, I think they'd really like to have a Don Pedro like stuck in the uh, in the mud <laughs> and like, trying to pull him out. And what happens if there weren't enough people to help and how many people have, have we got to have to help get Don Pedro out? And what could we do if he was still stuck? What else could we go and get? Like I was thinking a tractor.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: just thinking about yeah. the whole area of forces because i think the children would be really interested particularly if you can get don pedro stuck for them to have mm. to get him out
0: i really like that idea and like a lot of the ideas we've already had this week that's something that you could really build into the telling of the story and pause and have your entire science segment with some real knowledge rich content without actually leaving the story and embed all of that learning in there so yeah Fantastic idea! I
2: love a good story pause. So, so those are kind of my two main <laughs> two main ideas for um, key stage one learners. And obviously, like with continuous provision, and in early years, and then moving up often into year one, and then maybe sometimes year two as well. You can leave mm. those things out for the children to experiment with and learn within their own time, and add different elements into the story as well. And then I was thinking at key stage two, there's a lot of focus on planets and the solar system and light and how light travels and how we see things. This is ages seven to 11. So I was thinking at looking at space and at different planets and at lights. For our older learners so looking at how light travels and um, there's quite a lot about the eye and it can be quite boring if you just teach about uh, this is the eye this is how we see but actually in a reason in a context actually the children be really really interested in it and then thinking about the space the whole area of like planets and stars and and what can we see when we go outside in the dark what can we see with our eyes then what can we see with the telescope where are things and there's some amazing apps out there that are free that the children can just um like use if they had it on an iPad and they can just scan the sky and find out what's uh-huh. what they can actually see, and then it brings it up as the actual planet. So Jupiter you can often and Saturn you can and Mars you can see with your the naked eye, but they look like a star because obviously they're so mm-hmm. far away. But Mars is obviously an orangey colour. So they but yeah. so then when you scan it with the app, you can then see it brings up like the picture of the planets. so you can see them mm. all in relation to one another, which I think is really, really fascinating, and just another different way of teaching the content of the science curriculum.
0: So, forgive me, but wh- where did that come, or how did that connect with the story?
2: The stars at Christmas.
1: You've got star- to
0: follow a star. Oh, well, yeah, I, I can see where it well, comes it was- in with the Christmas story. I was just wondering <laughs> whether there was any connection to Lola's story. Could it have had something to do with the lanterns?
2: Maybe, but it did talk about stars and planets somewhere.
1: So just at the end of part one of the story, that's why Lola was over the moon when her teacher chose her to be Mary in this year's procession. She was over the sun when the priest agreed that Don Pedro could be the donkey. And she was over the Milky Way just before the start of the story.
2: Thank you, Rob. I knew it was in there. Yeah. I just couldn't find it. And I was like, that's so unlike me. <laughs> I like, to just make up a bit of the story and just yeah. shove it in. <laughs> Yes, it's because she was over the moon, over the sun and over the Milky Way.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So it's expressing her joy. And yeah, oh, well, then then that, yeah, that makes it a fantastic idea.
2: And how far away those places are. So she must have been really, really happy.
0: Excellent. Oh, yeah, if you could measure your happiness in light years. Any more science from anyone?
1: I thought about it very similarly, but sound. Because the donkey is braying and she's trying to work out where the donkey is so talking about Mm. how we hear sound thinking about echoes thinking about um, an investigation if the donkey had been louder would she have found it quicker looking at what's in your ears how it works how it gets to your brain how sound travels there's a whole unit on sound for key stage two science yeah and the importance of
0: being able to listen in stereo in order to pinpoint where things are
2: so the last bit that i was thinking of is we could look at the section of the science curriculum that's all about materials so obviously we've got the bridge made of wood yeah we've got the lanterns that we obviously couldn't make a lantern out of anything because obviously if you're going to set it actually if it's going to be a a lantern that contains a flame obviously we need to make sure that the casing of the lantern would be suitable would be fireproof Mm -hmm. or fire retardant so they could do an experiment with which materials could we make the lanterns out of and which materials would be less suitable and you could All even that then, sounds
0: like a fun experiment
2: <laughs> well i was thinking as well you could even challenge your like older learners say your year five and year six about you know those chinese uh, paper lanterns that are often used at like weddings or at um yeah, in in yeah. lots of celebrations like how do they actually work and how do they not set themselves on fire? Like, is it the structure of it? Is it the shape? Is it how far away from the flame the paper is in the lantern? Mm-hmm. So, like, doing some experiments of, like, how does this actually work? You would obviously have to get permission to send fire into the sky around your school. But, that, like, actually thinking of how that actually works. Because, obviously, it's the heat from the candle, the heat source, that enables the paper lantern to expand and therefore and then to be taken up into the air when i was thinking about it i was thinking actually how do they work and just not burn up but i'm guessing mm. the inventor of those might have had a few paper chinese lanterns that actually did set on fire um, until they worked no out no eyebrows left yeah no
1: eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> until they
2: worked out how far away everything needed to be to be successful so i was thinking about making lanterns repairing the bridge like is wood the best material to use for a bridge wire bridges like looking at it could link into d and t and later in later in your week or in your project week like what's the best material to build a bridge out of and what's the best material to make a lantern from and why
0: I, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's plenty. Yeah, thank you very much for covering for Helen at the last minute there. Speaking of happiness in light years, then let's uh, have our Christmas cracker joke. Are we going to get as many light years of joy from your Christmas cracker joke at the end of this episode, Rob?
1: Um, well, you might be able to measure it in nanometers <laughs> rather than um, what is... Father Christmas's, or what was Father Christmas's favourite subject at school?
0: Oh, is this going to be science related? Y- yes. Um, okay, so uh, what we got? We got physics, chemistry, or biology.
1: Y- uh, it's one of them. Uh, okay. I
0: know, Borbology. Chemistry,
1: like a Christmas tree.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> though chemistry and borbology do go quite well yeah, together
2: yeah. i'm quite impressed that you even came up with a solution to that
0: one <laughs> that's sadly all we have time for in this episode folks and indeed this week if you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover you can find us on social media using at teach happily or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy knowledge-rich learning in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. We'll be back next week so Lola and Don Pedro can help us plan lessons in art, design and technology, music, languages and geography. Right now, though, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So.
1: Cheerio. And we hope to hear your story soon.